We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome and the LakersNation.com live post-game show slash podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. The Lakers, whoo, they win in overtime. What a stressful, crazy game. But ultimately, the Lakers get it done. 117-111 to claim a 3-1 series lead over the Memphis Grizzlies. I've been saying for days now that this game was going to be a battle since the moment game three ended. I said game four is going to be a battle. I wish it wasn't this this much of a battle. I wish it wasn't this stressful, but somehow, some way, we made it through. The Lakers have to go to overtime to get it done, but claim the 3-1 series lead over the Memphis Grizzlies. Absolutely Phenomenal finish. LeBron James making big plays down the stretch, sending the game to overtime, scoring uh, at the rim over Jaron Jackson Jr., making some big plays in OT. Man, that game, that game it took some time off my life, I'm sure. And I know Lakers fans, you're right there with me because whew, that was a stressful one. But the Lakers get the job done, and that is the important part. As, as Chris here is mentioning, Chris B said, I don't know how much more my little heart can take. Fortunate to win a game when D'Lo and AD stunk. Granted, D'Lo hit big shots late, uh, and AD's defense was good. Yeah, AD's defense was good. Anthony Davis, certainly a disappointing night for him. Um, I don't want to go in all the negative stuff just yet, but yes, AD, 12 points, 13 shot attempts, 11 boards, 4 for 13 shooting. Not a good night from Anthony Davis. Did some good things defensively. D'Angelo Russell, he hit three threes back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to help come the Lakers come back in the fourth quarter. I can't be too negative on D'Lo after he managed to pull that off because that was absolutely critical. Joining me to help break it down, Sean Davis with the, uh, with the name hashtag one more win right now. Sean, how are you doing? I, I'm still shaken from that one. I don't think you guys can really see, uh, but I, it's definitely noticeable. My hands are still shaking. So um, great win. I, I think I said this as we wrapped up the playback stream. I would feel 10 times worse, not only if we had lost, but if we had lost and you had to exert that much energy from LeBron. Yes. But, I mean, it's a very, very ugly one, but it's, it's the freaking playoffs. So I don't care how you get it done. Just get the freaking win and the Lakers got it. So one more game. Let's go. Yeah. LeBron James. And by the way, here, let's just, let's just make this, let's just make this official. Superstar of the night. LeBron James played 45 minutes. 22 points, wasn't great shooting the ball. One of seven from three, eight of 18 shooting, but 22 points, 20 rebounds, 20 rebounds for LeBron James in this game. Five of them offensive, seven assists, two blocks, one turnover. LeBron didn't have the shot working, but wow, did he find a way to make an impact and then coming up big in crunch time when it mattered, getting the and one on villain Brooks, as I call him. Uh, hitting the shot to send the game into overtime. LeBron James stepped up big time 
and is the easy recipient of the Superstar of the Night Award. Trevor, I, I, we have some time before we get to it, but I'm, I've really come around full circle. You know, Dylan Brooks is not the enemy, chat. Like, no, he, he is not the villain. I have bought into the Dylan Brooks babyface turn. He is the Lakers' best friend. Like, yes, we should be clamoring. I don't even know how many minutes Dylan Brooks played tonight. But if he did not play 40-plus minutes, Taylor Jenkins, what is wrong with you? He's the best player. I'm not even going to go that far. But Dylan Brooks is awesome. Let's go, Dylan. Let's go. Clap it up for Dylan Brooks. Keep playing, buddy. Keep shooting the ball, kid. Dylan Brooks uh, shot four for 11, one of seven from three. Did have a dunk there in overtime that was uh, unfortunate. Um a breakaway dunk, five boards, four assists. How many uh, shots look, he's, he's a good defensive player, but again, four for 11 shooting, one See? of seven from three. We had over on playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. If you hung out with us and watched the game with us, uh, that's where we were. But we had uh, people in our chat over there saying that the Lakers need to run plays to get Dylan Brooks open. <laughs> Thank goodness he was, not, uh, he was not hot in this game and hasn't been in this series just yet. Uh, Koa and Dylan Brooks, obviously not stopping LeBron in this game, not anywhere close. In fact, LeBron got a fantastic bucket. Uh, that was the end one. I think he missed the free throw on it, but got throw. the bucket and the foul in overtime on a critical play. LeBron finally just put his head down, went to the basket, scored it. Uh, Koa said LeBron, Ra LeBron Raymond James, the King from Akron, the goat. Oh my goodness. Made countless winning plays 22 and 20, almost a triple double is insane yeah three assists away from a triple double on this one from lebron incredible incredible performance insane and like you said the, sh the shot wasn't really falling but um made his just activity defensively has gone up five notches maybe besides like that first half of game two mm -hmm. but throughout especially in the wind it's been a lot more noticeable how engaged lebron's been defensively um yeah Absolutely massive performance on LeBron. Mario Hernandez, job's not finished. Get it done in five games, no excuses. We'll get to game five. I'm a little bit worried about what the Lakers' energy level is going to be for game five in Memphis. Uh, in the, it, there's only one day between games, and this went to overtime, and, and LeBron looked pretty out of Memphis. gas. AD, yeah, got to fly to Memphis, but we'll see. And we'll talk about game five in a bit. Uh, Denitrify said AD had a horrible game. He really did. And the Lakers did a terrible job getting him the ball. They like, even when like Desmond Bain would wind up switched onto AD, the Lakers could not give him the ball to take advantage. It wasn't just AD who had a terrible game. The Lakers did a terrible job getting him the ball. Um, his block at the end of the fourth and five points in overtime were key to the win. Sean, we talked about this a little bit uh, over on playback. I, I mean, my life flashed before my eyes for a moment there when AD left his feet at the end of regulation and John Morant had that, that little, there was 0.8 seconds left and John was going to put up the shot. Fortunately, there was no contact, but we've seen it twice this year where AD's fouled in that scenario. I was a little bit worried, but credit to AD. He blocks the shot, no contact for a foul or anything like that, and then goes on to make some big plays in overtime. So at least despite having a poor offensive game in this one, he still made some big plays on the defensive end and then made some plays in overtime. Trevor, if I told you, and we've had so many of these moments post-All-Star break, but if I told you that uh, earlier in the season, the Lakers would have a game where LeBron scored only 22 and AD was held scoreless for 95% of the game, the Lakers would still win that game, would you believe me? No, especially not early on, especially not pre-trade deadline. No, that's not happening. Even post-trade deadline, that's kind of crazy. But yeah, the fact it, it absolutely late, is. Yeah. I mean, 12 points out of, out of AD, 22 for Le LeBron. But then look at what else happened. You got 15 points out of Jared Vanderbilt. 15. Man, yeah, that's like, crazy. You would never predict that. You got 23 out of Austin. You got 17 out of D'Lo. 12 for Schroeder, who I thought had a few bad turnovers in crunch time. But otherwise, kind of this is the, the game we've been looking for from Dennis Schroeder. I thought he made some big plays for the Lakers. Six of six from the free throw line. That's what you need. The Lakers took 10 more free throws than the Grizzlies. That's something the Lakers, that was one of my keys for this game. Get yourself to the free throw line in, in key moments, and they were able to do that. So you've got contributions for, from some other guys that helped at least keep you afloat a little bit in the scoring department. My goodness, Sean, this next comment, Sam, 
My Apple Watch <laughs> asked me if I was recording a workout. That 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 says it all. That's that is how tense this game was. We were living and dying with every play. That's playoff basketball. Thank goodness the Lakers got the win in the end. But wow, this game was intense for the majority of the game and frustrating for a while there. I thought for two and a half quarters, the thought in my head was the Lakers don't really deserve to, to win this game. The way they were playing, Memphis was playing better basketball than they were. The Lakers looked like they were out of gas. And then somehow, some way, they pulled it off at the end. And I don't blame you. If your Apple Watch is saying, hey, you're, uh, are you working out right now? Because that was, that was a heart-pounding game. The first 18 minutes, for the most part, the Lakers were the better team. Then, like, around the six-minute mark in the second, from that point on till six minutes or so in the fourth, so another, like, two quarters or so, maybe a little bit more. Um, basically, whenever D'Lo hit that first three, from the midway point in the second quarter to that first three from D'Lo in the fourth quarter, that entire stretch, Memphis was the better team. Um, and D'Lo, it felt like a bad game for him. Uh, for the majority of it, and then he hits three straight threes. Lakers get a few stops, and the Lakers are able to take the lead off of those threes from from uh, from D'Lo. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that Memphis was the better team for at least half the game, if not more, and the Lakers, again, you add that on top of a bad offensive performance from AD, a bad D'Lo game still for two quarters, mm-hmm. and then D'Lo in the second half, I'll give D'Lo some credit, got some things going in the third with the midi. And then hit some threes in the fourth, but um, yeah, just a, a massive win, and uh, I don't think I'm gonna get any sleep tonight. No, no, not happening. Drew Potter, Trev Stradamus, like you predicted, close, gritty, and possible OT game. Also, 38 years old, year 20, bad foot with the poetic and one dagger on Brooks. Wow, yeah, I mean, we've been saying it that this was gonna be a this game was gonna be a very difficult one, that this game was gonna be very close, that it was gonna be a battle all the way throughout. And that is indeed what we got. It's kind of, you can kind of get a feel for what's coming in a series, uh, especially a series that you're as locked into as, as this one. You can kind of get a feel for what the rhythm of the game is going to be and what, you know, what is on the line for each side. Like as desperate as I thought the Lakers needed to be to go up 3-1 here before going back to Memphis to hold home court advantage now. Um, I also thought Memphis was going to come out playing desperate to not go down 3-1. I mean, that's that's a very bad spot to be in, being down 3-1. Um, so that's what we got. That, and that results in a game that is just a knockdown dragout fight. And that's exactly what this game was. It was not pretty for long stretches, but ultimately the Lakers got the win when they needed it. And uh, man, I'm just glad it went it went the Lakers' way in the end. I don't even have words. <laughs> Hoops and Huddles said... LeBron still getting career highs in year 20 here. Now I'm going to save it for master lock, but like, can okay. we stop trying to tarnish that man's legacy? Good grief. But yeah, next, next, next question. Tarnish LeBron's legacy. I'll explain later, but keep okay. going. Okay. I'll get to it. Jeremy, what an exhilarating victory. One ugly Reeves got exposed on defense. Mm. Schroeder was hashtag cell squad. AD, had the best 12-point game I've seen in a while. Purple and gold skies. I thought Schroeder made some... He had some bad turnovers, and particularly live ball turnovers, but D'Lo didn't have it going for most of this game. As much as the focus is going to be on D'Lo hitting those big threes, he did not have it going for most of this game. Shot 7 of 15, three assists, uh, six fouls, two turnovers, got switch-hunted a little bit defensively, but again, hit the three big threes when the Lakers really needed them. Um, AD, yeah. What about the Reeves getting exposed on defense part? Talk to me about that, Sean. I disagree with that. I get it. You're going to look at the stat sheet, and and Reeves has technically been more matched up with uh, Bain than anybody. But if you watch the game, and I'm not accusing anybody of not watching, but like when watching the game, when Desmond Bain got going, it was without Austin Reeves on the floor. In that third quarter, when Austin picked up, I think it was a silly four foul even. It wasn't even like a worthy four foul. Um he, he has to get subbed out. The Lakers idiotically put Malik Beasley on Desmond Bain, and that went as about well as you thought it was going to go. Bain starts to get going. So the fact that like, you, you let a guy of Desmond Bain's caliber get into uh, sort of a rhythm, 
you got a hard time guarding him. And even when Reeves got back in the game, like Reeves wasn't bad. Desmond Bain just hit some tough shots. Like the only shot that Bain took with Reeves on him that I thought Reeves did a bad job was the one that put him up seven where Reeves had a stupid closeout, jumped, and re- uh, Bain just sidestep shot and hit mm-hmm. the three. But throughout the series, Reeves has done a great job. Even um, uh, game two, I think it was game two, where Bain got going in the first half, again, without Austin on the floor. Second half, Austin did a much better job when he's been matched up. So now Austin's been just fine in this series. He's done a great job on Desmond Bain for the most part. This was Bain's best game in the series by far, 36 points. Three of 12 from three, though. So he didn't get that hot, even though it felt like the threes he hit were huge. Yeah. Didn't get that hot from seven of seven from the free throw line, though. But John Morant had 19 points on eight of 24 shooting. That yeah. I'm more than fine with that. If Jaw puts you hear Jaw had 19 and seven with three three steals, and you go, Oh, okay, that's a pretty decent game. That's an okay game for me on eight of 24 shooting and one of six from deep. Um, you'll take that. Uh, the Grizzlies right. needed Bane to go nuts and and he did but i don't think that was necessarily on austin i think he just he's a good shooter and he was due for a good shooting night hold on hold on, hold on. yeah from Tig- from tim mcmahon dylan brooks is not speaking to reporters for the second straight game he says i'm out bro front runner if i've ever seen one this entire team is a bunch of front and that's what you said actually you're like you let memphis get any momentum i'm gonna start talking to you i guarantee you if LeBron misses that shot at uh, to tie the game and send to overtime, Dylan Brooks is having a 15-minute speech about that individual play. Oh, Get yeah. out of here, bro. He he wants to be the guy that's talking, that's making all the noise, that's getting all the attention, and then as soon as things aren't going his way, he wants sympathy. Why is the media portraying me as the villain? Why are fans calling me the villain? Because you're doing villain things, and that's – that's the bottom line. And then, again, as soon as things aren't going their way, up oh, now we're going to be real quiet. Now we don't have anything to say. All right. Now this, this is why this is why a lot of people that aren't Lakers haters, but not Lakers fans or Grizzlies fans, are pulling for the Lakers in this series. I've heard from a bunch of people that are in that situation because they get sick of the Grizzlies doing stuff like this. Right? So, th- so what do you do? You shut them up. Beat them. Uh, Koa said, Dilo, we're not forgetting you. Thanks for getting us back to the game when it, when it felt so hopeless and I forgive AD, but please never again. So what, you know what? Let's, let's focus on Dilo for a minute before I get to AD and let's, let's just do this. Let's do this. Star in your role. Star in your role. Sean, are you going with D'Lo for star in your role? Nah. Okay. Who are you, who are you going with? Austin. Um, okay. D'Lo was great. Not taking anything away from D'Lo, but uh, Austin Reeves, man. Like, so, so, so pivotal in this series. I, I thought games one through three, he canceled out Desmond Bain. And when he was in the game, he was definitely the best option at guarding Bain. And then chipped in 23 points. At times, he was our only player that could legitimately like get the offense going. So continuing to see his growth, he had some big shots too. Um, Austin, man, for me, it's Austin. D'Lo, not take anything away from D'Lo though. Okay, so since you went Austin, and I think that's that's justified, uh, I'm going to go D'Lo. And yeah, for sure. Look, I think that there is people who have been so frustrated with him, and rightfully so he's not shot the ball well he's made some critical mistakes uh, he gave up a terrible and one in, in this game uh just had some some poor moments here couldn't seem to hit shot i mean shots austin had that insane pass oh that he got whipped down to d'angelo russell behind the three-point line and d'lo like he must have thought that thing was going down every second of the, the way in the air because it looked perfect and somehow goes all the way down and rattles out. And he just couldn't get shots to drop. And the Lakers needed him to hit. <laughs> and and uh, the Dylan star in his role chat question, chat came in there. But um, when the Lakers needed it the most, back to back to back threes. When they couldn't seem to get anything going offensively, there was D'Lo hitting some of the biggest shots of the game. 
And so I'm going to give him credit for that. I hope that this gets him going from here. But it felt like that was one of those moments where you thought, man, this was big for the team in this moment. But this was also big for this individual. For D'Angelo Russell in that moment to hit those shots was so important for him as an individual basketball player to be the one to knock those down. So I'm going with him as, as the star in your role because he was able to hit those big clutch shots. Obviously, you don't come back and, and you lose this game without him. And, and really quick, this comment also kind of emphasizes your point. Like, dude, those shots from D'Lo. And it, it got to a point where I was kind of joking, like, because I heavily disagree with the decision, and I think you did as well, to put D'Lo back in the game. So it got uh-huh. to a point where I was making a joke that D'Lo should foul out <laughs> so he could get him out the game. But then, like you said, he hits those three huge threes to the fact, point where you really started to feel bad for him because it really felt like he was turning the corner. Yeah. And he has this narrative about him already that he's not a playoff riser. And honestly, back-to-back games, game three is a little bit more quieter, but he made the louder plays in this one. Like you said, when they mattered most, the Lakers offense couldn't generate anything in the half court. And he hit three, three straight threes. Um, really having ice in his veins. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not you know, faulting any uh, D-Lo picks. So right now there are almost 13,000 of you watching this show Insane. live. Do me First of all, thank you guys for, for joining us. Uh, do me a favor. Everybody, real quick, hit that like button uh, on YouTube. Just yes. smash that like button for us. Helps out the show. We'd appreciate it. Sean, I think I might need, and maybe this is something we incorporate for next season, I might need like a comment of the night award that we could comment give at any point award. whenever that particular comment comes up. Can I try I it tonight? That, that might need to be a thing. I've got mine. I've got mine okay. right now. I'm going to put it up. You could pick one too. Anytime okay. throughout the show. Here's mine. <laughs> Yo, villain bricks. 20 plus 20 equals 40. Next, 20 points, 20 rebounds. Does Dylan Brooks respect LeBron James yet? He should. That's 40. Oh, wait, that's not fair. That's a super and, chat. And, but still, 22, okay, fair. 22 points, 20 rebounds for LeBron. Hangs him on Dylan Brooks. So and that, he mean, got the, that means he, he respects LeBron? He got the and one. I think that was my favorite part of the play is he got the okay. and one to close the game. Oh, man, it would be so much better if he actually hit it. Yep. But yep. huge. So so that's mine. I'll get a graphic made up at some point, but that's my comment of the night. All right. Uh, Ree said, refs were terrible tonight. Clearly, we're going for Memphis. And AD can't do this, have a good game, have a bad game. The Lakers won't go far. That's my GOAT sending it to OT and winning it for us. So – the refs were really letting things go and that favors the group in this series because it's so important that they keep Jaron Jackson Jr. out of foul trouble. And he's gotten in three out of four games in this series, he's gotten an incredibly fortunate whistle in terms of not being called for fouls. Um, and that's been, that's been a thing in game three. He didn't get that whistle and he was in foul trouble most of the night. Yeah. So it's when you're the Lakers and you don't give up a lot of free throws. You're very good at defending without fouling. And you also have a number of guys who are good at getting to the foul line, attacking and getting free throws. When you have a game that's where the refs just let a lot of stuff go, that's not good for you. That's not a good environment for this Lakers team. So that's part of it. But I also had a number of moments in this game where I just thought, man, these officials are are doing a very poor job refing this game. Um when the Lakers were down, it wasn't on the refs. Like it was on the Lakers, mm-hmm. but ultimately this just wound up being more of a physical game than I think you would like to see from the Lakers perspective, just given their, how much they can rely on being able to defend without fouling and being able to get fouled on the other end. If you can't get calls on the other end, even if they're calling it both ways that way, that's a detriment to the team that, does a really good job generating fouls and gets points that way. Yeah. Um, so that last sentence, since Trevor talked a lot about that first half, 
Look, I'm and trust me, I'm not I'm not getting into a goat debate. That's not what this is for. But if you're are if if you want to talk goat debate, by the way, personally, as long as your goat is either LeBron, Kareem, Kobe, Mike, or uh Bill Russell potentially, I have no problems. But if your argument for LeBron being the greatest of all time is stuff like this, the longevity, the all-time scoring record, four championships, it's moments like this. So um, yeah, I mean Fantastic performance for LeBron. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. All right, Curtis. Jaw used all of his powers last game. Master lock the refs. This is what we were saying, right? That Jaw Morant, there's a reason why you go under on screens. And if he shot six for, what was he, six for 10 in game three from three, that at some point the, uh, the numbers would catch up to him. And so tonight he was one for six. You know, I mean, you'll take it. You take it. That's that's more than what you would expect out of him. Can I use my comment of the night? I found something that's kind of absolutely, absolutely. Let's do it. Sweet. All right. Super chat from Patrick. What adjustments did we use? Did we do in this game? And did it work? What adjustments do we need to do uh, for next game to close the series? Throughout the series in general, uh, the Lakers and really game three, game four did a great job of using their double drag stuff. It's killed them. Memphis did a better job, so the Lakers kind of went away from it. That's not what I like to see. Um, defensively, we finally double-teamed Jaron Jackson Jr., and la, voila, it got great results. Um, it didn't really matter who it was. Like It was a point where I think it was Dennis on because we switched. We got Dennis on, on Jaron. They posted him up, and I made the joke. They're like, dude, you put me on Jaron Jackson Jr. or you give me some help, and we double Jaron. It's going to lead to a good possession for us, and it led to a turnover. So, like, we, we're finally consistently seeing more Jaron Jackson post-double teams, which is great. Mm-hmm. You keep that up. If you if you want to force-feed AD the ball in the post, use some of your actual actions. I, the most frustrating part has been the Lakers trying to force AD in the post, which I get it, but not using their actual sets, which work really, really well, to get AD a post-touch yeah. while clearing out potential weak side help. So, that's the biggest thing. I'd have to take a look at it, uh, the film to get any other answers. But great question, Patrick. All right. All right. I like it. Senpai said all of those close slash OT games paid off. That's interesting. All right. LeBron is the greatest ever. Side note, if D'Lo slash Beasley for Fred Van... Oh, D'Lo and Beasley for Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. is there. I'm taking it. Bring on the clients. Clients with a K. Rich Paul. Uh, clutch sports guys. So but what do you think? The Lakers had a lot of games this year that were very close down the stretch. A lot of them that we, there, there were four games, in fact, where missed calls on the, the final play of the game or what would have been the final play of the game cost the Lakers the win. Um, we talked about that a lot during the regular season, but they had a lot of experience in close games. Now, not entirely this group, because I've been saying it's a whole new team post trade deadline, but do you think there's something to this? That being in all those close moments maybe paid off here in overtime of, of this critical, critical game? 
I think it's might have helped out some of the other guys. I I don't think it's helped out, or I don't think it hurt ne- uh, helped rather necessarily like LeBron, AD. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that the list probably stops there. But like those guys, they've been in this moment before. They're both champions. Um, but yeah, like playoff close games or like the the games we saw. Like, honestly, that Timberwolves game might have really helped. Like an Austin Reeves, who knows? I think yeah. Austin's a gamer and would have been fine anyway. But um yeah it could have who knows but um the it is really encouraging to see the lakers just find a way i wanted to say this during the the playback but i withheld because i didn't know how the result was going to go this kind of felt like the t-wolves game in a way where throughout mm-hmm. the game you're like eh, do the lakers have it do they now granted that game was a little bit different but yeah. in for in the overtime period the lakers were the better team and there wasn't really any question in both overtimes. There were some moments where I thought the Lakers might be done for, but they managed to stay just close enough. Then D'Lo's three has got to go in and that changed the momentum. And then, yeah, in overtime, the Lakers were the better. They executed better than, than Memphis did defensively, especially. I liked what they did there. Um, D'Lo and Beasley for Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr. Um, Double sign and trades your only yeah, way to get I'm not- there. I'm not thinking about contracts right now. Like Fred Van Vliet needs a new deal, right? So if that's a double sign and trade, then we're looking at a hard cap and dealing with all that stuff. Plus the new CBA coming in. I think there's some math problems with, with that, that may come up, but we'll see. It's something I'll think about it and do some of the numbers and stuff and figure that out on a future show. But it's interesting. Caleb, it's a parade parade inside my city. (laughs) Hashtag find in the West. John Morant saying they were fine in the West. Exactly what I said. It would be a war in game four. And my God was King James came through for us when it mattered. Got to give D'Lo his flowers. We were dead in the water until he made those threes. They really Absolutely. were struggling to generate offense. Then D'Lo hit those threes. Absolutely. I poke bears LMAO. Oh yeah. Andrew, who is to blame for AD's rough night? Okay, good question. AD himself, Lakers coaching staff, Grizzlies defense coaching game plan. Credible game, though. LeBron, the GOAT. I thought some of it was AD missing shots that he shouldn't miss, missing shots that he normally hits. But I also thought part of it was, look, and part of this is give credit to Memphis. I thought their defensive game plan was very, very good. But I thought the Lakers just really struggled getting the ball to Anthony Davis. They couldn't figure out ways to get it to him. And when they did, it was often far out on the perimeter, and then he's being asked to create something from there. Um, the Lakers just did AD did a poor job finishing and the Lakers did a poor job finding him and getting him opportunities. I'm going to give the bulk of the credit to the Memphis coaching staff um, with a, a pinch of blame to the Lakers coaching staff and a pinch of blame to uh, AD as well. But from what I was noticing, and again, I have to kind of look back at it. It looked like when we were getting the switches, right? And it looked like you have the guard front AD. But typically what would happen, that's why you didn't really get our guards, couldn't do a good job of getting the ball in. Typically on the front, you would have the weak side guy kind of wait until the ball is in the air and then go double. It kind of looked like live that the the double was like it was already there. So like AD doesn't have the ball yet in the post. So I'm fronting him and you can't throw the pass over the top because I'm like, two feet behind Anthony Davis. And if that's, I'm just going to steal it while the ball's in the air, but I have to go look back and look at it. But um, again, kudos to the, to the Grizzlies coaching staff. Hopefully the Lakers coaching staff uh, does a good job at uh, adjusting and figuring out other ways to get AD the ball. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They've got to find other ways. Cause you, you just, you can't have this out of AD. And this is what, you know, I, again, I, I did radio in Memphis before, uh, the series started and they were saying, you know, hey, AD, I mean, Anthony Davis, he's just he's great every single night. You know, you're going to get a fantastic performance from him. I don't know what the, the Grizzlies are going to do to slow him down. I said, actually, no, that's the Lakers fans have been so frustrated with him because you don't get these great performances every single night. He put up 31 on 24 shot attempts last game. I loved that he got 24 shot attempts and he got 10 free throws. He was great in terms of his offensive um, output and yeah. then you follow that up with 13 attempts and only 12 points like it's just it's such a roller coaster and again part of it comes down to the Lakers not being able to get him the ball but 
part of that's AD as well. And, and you just, you have to find a permanent fix for it because you just can't have this all the way through however far you go in the playoffs. Because frankly, if you if this continues, you're not going to go that far in the playoffs. If every other game or whatever, you get kind of an offensive dud out of AD. Can I add one more point to that really, really quickly? Of course. Your potential second round matchup is the Golden State Warriors or the Sacramento Kings. If this is like a recurring issue, that makes me somewhat worried in a Golden State matchup where they have a better defensive player and then you have another big as well that could match mm-hmm. up against AD, who's a great post defender. So AD going up against Draymond, and who was, I was referring to initially, better defender than Jaron Jackson Jr., in my opinion, especially when he's rolling. Like, that doesn't bode well if the Lakers can't figure it out. So I'm not concerned yet, but it's something to keep on your radar as that might be the potential matchup, especially if De'Aaron Fox is out long term. So mm-hmm. something to keep an eye on. Arnoel said, Darwin almost cost us the game by not calling timeout when there was 10 seconds left. If he called timeout and drew up a play, uh, new, no overtime. Are we talking about the, the end of regulation? The Ruby missed dunk? I, I bulked that up as good offensive possession, heck of a play by Jaron Jackson Jr., yeah. if I'm being completely honest. You got, a, a, you got Rui attacking the rim. I mean... I don't think you're going to get much better. Like, okay, it would be ideal if it's AD trying to dunk the ball there, but I don't think you were going to get that. Ooh, which is, I'm surprised we haven't talked about that yet. Keep going, though. Okay. Uh, Jordan said, thinking about how good that rest would have been if AD didn't have a horrible game, too, and we got the sweep. Yeah, that's that's the thing. This, this game should have ended the series. But the Lakers kind of no-showed game two. It's unfortunate. Um, so... What did you think? So this this bothered me. That down the stretch, the most important possessions of the game, Anthony Davis, the Lakers offense, was AD camped out behind the corner three. And I know part of that was you're trying to get Jaron Jackson away from the basket and to create some, some lanes for guys like Schroeder, guys like Reeves, guys like LeBron, of course, to get in there and score. But Jaron Jackson wasn't necessarily staying at home with AD anyway because I think the Grizzlies will live with Anthony Davis shooting threes. So whenever I see that on the offensive end, I think, well, you're basically just telling Anthony Davis, take this possession off, right? Just standing in the corner. You're not dragging any defenders out there, really. So why do why did we see that ran consistently in crunch time? Like the most important possessions, and you're basically saying, okay, AD is not going to participate. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I did, I'm not obviously going to do it now, but like if Darvin Ham went into a presser and this is me slandering darvin by the way if he went to a presser and said exactly that i'm punching my wall and i might break my hand because but because that, that's that's even that is even a bad reasoning because like you say well you know we're trying to drag jaren out the paint dude he's just not gonna guard ad so like you're just contradicting yourself there if that's your your method of thinking and that's what we saw jaren just stopped guarding ad which in the lakers my biggest thing, and they had been so good at this down the stretch. I was saying, okay, Lakers, run your offense. You're fine. It's tied up, or you're down one, or you're up, or whatever. Run your offense. We're cool. The Lakers went into switch hunt mode, which I, to a certain degree, I okay. understand. Yeah. Right. LeBron, J- John Morant, cool. But like, if it's taking you 13 seconds to get the switch, like, think about it. It's going to take you four seconds to get the ball up the floor. Cool. Okay. We're still fine. 20 seconds. It's going to take you 14 seconds to initiate the switch you actually want. Okay, cool. LeBron's not 30 anymore. He's 38. So LeBron can't just blow by automatically the switch. LeBron and they're going to send bodies. So instead of having more time to work with because you're running your offense or you're running a set, LeBron drives, kicks, kicks out, let's say, to Rui. Rui now has three seconds to make a play which is just not ideal. No. So combine that on top of AD being in the corner. If you want to switch hunt, my last point, if you want to switch on that's cool. I, I, I don't love it. I hate when NBA offenses go to it. It just doesn't look good to me personally. That's cool. But there's, there's still, I don't care what, there, there's no reasoning whatsoever to put AD in the corner with the game on the line. Put him in the nunker spot. I don't care. 
But I mean, what happened to pre- before the season? We were talking about all the stuff that they're going to do to get AD on the move and treat him like Giannis and get him involved and, and all exactly. that kind of. I mean, Ooh, I wait, I have, think... a, I have a question go, for go you. Ahead. Does Jokic or Embiid or Giannis in a pivotal moment in a playoff series go no with three minutes left, get put in the corner and not have the ball? Like, come on, dude. No, Jokic might, might drift outside the three point line, but that's to actually shoot a three. Um, Kyle Hampton, Sean feed the hamster. I expected Memphis to fight like hell sloppy, but we won now again. Lastly, I want this out there. There's at least one Lakers fan still behind Delo since 2015 and not changing. All right. Shout out like to it. you, Kyle. I like it. Oh, somebody with the, with the <laughs> username, Sean's internet. I, I'm surprised the, uh, the question made it through. Uh, that was a messy game. I'm feeling good considering we won despite all of that. There were there was a long stretch where this game did not feel like a win, right? I mean, not even going into the X's and O's or execution, you know, just the vibe, the feel, the energy of the game did not feel like a Lakers win. And so to win that game anyway, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive that they somehow managed, maybe a little bit fortunate, but they managed to pull it off somehow, some way. We'll take it. We'll take that it. is the funniest thing I've seen all night. My feelings are hurt, though. But that that should okay. have been the uh, the comment of the night. Maybe. Um, it's fiddle said AD stinked on offense, and he needs to be better. No excuse. But let's not overlook the defense and the points in overtime. When we needed him, he came through. It's fair. Yeah, he did some good things defensively for the Lakers for sure. Uh, he always does. That's why one of my keys for a Lakers win is for Anthony Davis to be very active and engaged on the offensive end because you know the defense is going to be there. And vice versa is one of my keys for LeBron. Active uh, and engaged defensively because you know the offensive end is going to be there from him, even if if it's in the form of assists. So, um, yeah, I think he did make some big plays late. Sabi, how on earth did the Lakers win this game with AD playing this poorly? Braun took over and won the game for us. Dela with three huge point three pointers. LFG. Yep. I don't really have anything to add to that, but yes, it's amazing that they actually won that game. Maddie James, this team really likes to give us heart attacks. It's been all season. All, all season. season. Also, what was up with the refs this game? Braun drives, gets hacked, no call. Memphis drives, barely gets touched, they get a call. John Morant flails his hair as his uh head back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of John Morant, he's also not doing press tonight. Yep. Both of them skipped media availability. John Morant and Dylan Brooks. And by the way, John Morant was one of the was the person last game complaining that uh, about the way that Dylan Brooks gets treated. Villain Brooks, as we as we call him. Uh, but yeah, the officiating it was challenging. Hopefully, we see game three officiating. Uh, in game five, because that was much, much better. Uh, Kriya said, thank God that was so stressful. Delo's fourth quarter proved crucial. I want him and Beasley to be successful so bad, I would have been depressed if they tied the series. AD needs a different off-season routine? I don't know. I mean, that's been a thing for ages, that like AD's off-season routine needs to change or something like that. I didn't see anything tonight that made me say, oh, it's AD's off-season routine. That's a problem. Like, we're a long ways away from the offseason right now. Yeah, I'm not sure how we could blame that on tonight's game personally. But, you know, yeah. And I'm starting to join you with the Lonnie over Beasley because the Lakers just refused to use Beasley correctly. So, yep, Lonnie, let's go. Yeah, I mean, what, Beasley played nine minutes in this game. He was one for three from three, which, okay, 33% will take that. But he played nine minutes. He's really he's he's an innings eater right now. He's playing nine minutes so that Austin doesn't wind up playing 48 minutes. Literally. That's essentially what Beasley is out there for right now. Uh the LeBron James of feet. Master lock the Grizzlies for poking our balls. <laughs> Desmond being a bane for us all night, pun intended. LeBron over villain bricks tonight. Clutch Trev Dog. Um this is a, a real question, John, and I don't have the answer to it. I know you don't either, but this is a real topic of discussion. Villain Brooks pokes the bear, gets ejected in game three. Mm-hmm. Flagrant two, he's ejected. It was pretty bad. 
There was no excuse for it. Jaron Jackson Jr., the game is going the Grizzlies' way. Dennis Schroeder sets a screen. Jackson Jr., with a closed fist, comes into, or uh, he's going to set the screen. The closed fist punches Dennis with a low blow. Closed fist. Now, the, the broadcast was saying, oh, it wasn't intentional or whatever. At worst, he's putting an arm out to try and stop Dennis from fighting over the screen. I'm sorry, at best, that's what he's doing. At worst, it's a punch down low to Dennis Schroeder. And that was just a, even after being reviewed, just a common foul. Not even a flagrant one, not a flagrant two. Why are those two calls, two plays, which are so similar, both overt shots to the groin, called completely differently? Well, clearly the Grizzlies like the movie Nutcrackers because they can't get away from it. Um, but, you know, it, it sucks. And I mentioned this on the playback. You know, J.J. Redick had a great point. The biggest frustration with the <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. The biggest problem with this series um, and, and with the playoffs in general has just been the lack of consistency from officials. Um, mm-hmm. what is a call in one game, the exact same play can happen in a different game. It is not a call like, bro. And, and even I was even saying Jaron should be, um, not, not Jaron Dylan. Yeah. Jaron, Jaron should be ejected flagrant right. two in this game. But like I said, like, bro, I, I think this was more of a basketball play, if you will, but like, that's on a flagrant one at like, or attack I, I don't know like it, but it still, was something more was than a something. common foul right exactly. i mean like so it, it was strange what, what's about the rim is not the it's not a foul on the rim and uh, depending game to game so it's just frustrating man that we don't have any consistency and like it looked like the referees were gonna let a lot of stuff go and i was like okay mm-hmm. that's cool and then it felt like it's the game kind of wore on they let stuff go on the lakers end but on the grizzlies end it was head back oh that that's a foul oh you know ticky tacky i'm gonna touch my finger on your elbow oh that's a shooting foul i think that's how delo fouled out ironically is. yeah that was a, a weird one although austin got that call too so like okay but but yes it, it's just i mean from one game to another having it be so different in terms of a similar play completely different call it, it's that's frustrating uh manager nobly's bald spot how what a win. LeBron's layup looked like 06 Kobe. I what, mean, game people, four against Phoenix that we're talking about? Let, let, let's just say this. People have been saying for years that LeBron isn't clutch, even though the advanced stats all show otherwise. This one's for you. Uh, all right, let's, let's do this. Master lock of the night. The Lakers won. And you got to love it. It was a crazy game. It goes into overtime. It's one we'll never forget. What was annoying from this game? What are we putting in the master lock from this one? All right. So we had a, a comment earlier, something regarding to LeBron and the, the end of the game, right? And you kind of also kind of threw me a lob with your closing statement from that last Super Chat. So I've been waiting to kind of say this since game two or post game two. Dylan Brooks has the, the statement, I like to poke bears or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not respecting you to put, drop 40 on me or whatever, right? Uh, it's, it's not Dylan Brooks, by the way. He's not my master lock for the first time. I, I broke my promise. I'm sorry, chat. Okay. The next day on a certain hot take debate show, a certain somebody goes on to say, Le- LeBron, you need to remind him or, you know, who you are or whatever. That's a very bad impersonation of a somebody you should very easily guess. The master lock is the, the, the media narrative. Stop trying to make up stupid blank, like stupid cuss word to tarnish LeBron's legacy. The man is 38 years old. He's had a 22, 27, two blocks, one turnover in 45 minutes. And we keep making up just stupid things to try to, to, to throw at the wall, see if it sticks mm-hmm. and says, oh, you know, uh, 
if Dylan Brooks, you, you're going to let Dylan Brooks call you out? Oh, man, that, that LeBron's legacy, is it's over because Dylan Brooks said that. What the hell? Get out of right. here, dude. This man is 38, all-time leading scorer, all-time playoff scorer, four championships. No, knock it off. Hate that, man. Stop making up stupid narratives just to talk about stuff for 20 minutes on TV. That's so lazy. All right. I like it. I like it. Sean, not happy with Hot Take TV. Um, My master lock? I I mean, Dylan Brooks kind of automatically gets it every game, but I'm going to go with AD here. And it's not necessarily AD himself. He's certainly in this mix, but also how the Lakers utilize AD. Just because this is so critical. And ever since the Toronto game in the regular season, teams have been finding ways to essentially eliminate Anthony Davis from the Lakers offensive punch. And that just can't happen. We've been saying it for months now that the Lakers have to figure this out. They can't keep going through games where Anthony Davis isn't that involved on the offensive end. And so that concept is getting my master lock for tonight. It's Anthony Davis being removed as an offensive force for the Lakers. Now, again, he figured some things out down the stretch made some big plays. I'm not saying this was a terrible game for him overall, but offensively, you didn't get what you needed to out of AD, and I thought the Lakers really struggled to get him going. So that's getting my master lock tonight. Uh, Neil, Desmond Bain is a dork, sending love from the UK. I like it. Orlando, crap. Oh, master lock Dylan's parents for raising him that way. Uh, crap, I was trying to take it off. There we go. Uh, Orlando, Ham needs to play Lonnie more. Shout out to Lil Bow Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I'm in favor at this point of either giving Beasley's minutes to Lonnie because I think that I talked about this over on the, the YouTube channel. I think the, as well as the podcast, I think the job description that Beasley is now filling, the job that Beasley is filling is no longer really suited for his skill set. And Lonnie Walker better checks that box. Now, I don't, I'm not expecting that change to be made right now because Darwin seems to have settled the, into this, that, that Beasley's going to get going. And I did see a few plays where it actually looked a little bit better, where they had Beasley coming into motion and things like that. But in general, if you're going to ask somebody to come in for nine minutes in the game and you're not going to run much for them, which is what we saw in game three, and you're not even going to use them really in spot-up situations, you're just going to ignore them, you want it to be somebody who can thrive in chaos and make something happen out of nothing. And to me, that's more Lonnie Walker than Malik Beasley. Yeah, exactly. And I was, I've, I've been on the Malik Beasley fandom because, like I've said the entire series, you can very easily kill two birds with one stone by the way if you pair Vando and Beasley and you do it correctly, they're going to help off of Beasley. I mean, help off of Vando. And they're going to put Jaw, try to hide Jaw on Vando, or just throw Triple J, let him roam. Cool. Use Vando as a screener and let Beasley just cook off of Vando's screens. It's not that hard. But the Lakers make it harder than it has to be. Maddie James said, do the Lakers actually run plays? And an offense in closing minutes of games, all I see is standing around and drives me crazy. Well, Sean talked about that a little bit already. They get into switch hunting quite a bit. And so we saw a lot of that, which has worked in years past. Frank Vogel used to have them do it all the time, switch hunt, particularly. Um, and they were trying to get smaller defenders on LeBron and then let him just kind of power past them. But uh, there was a little bit of stagnation, although I wonder how much of that was exhaustion from the Lakers. And then, of course, sure. in overtime, once they got up, they were trying to burn clock as well. So that was part of it, too. But in general, yes, I, I tend to prefer more motion on the offensive end. I'm with you on that. What sucks is that we saw the Lakers actually run their stuff and run an offense in a close game in game one when they were up one. Like they went on that run because they were still running offense. So, yeah, that that's excruciatingly frustrating. Again, it's been something they've been a lot better at that tonight. They just reverted back to old Lakers and let's not run our offense. Let's go switch hunt. So, um, yeah, definitely feel the frustration there. All right, we'll do a few more. Jerry said, what a game by Braun. Feel the energy in Staples Center when Braun made that layup through my phone screen in Taiwan. All right, well, welcome in from Taiwan. AD turned off again, but still good performance on the defensive end. Still stunned by Austin Reeves' passing skill. 
that pass to D'Lo, if that shot had gone down, that would be on all the highlight reels. That was insane. Absolutely incredible stuff um, there. But, yeah, I thought the Lakers did a nice job feeding off of the crowd, and that kind of propelled them through. Otherwise, like, if they're on the road for this game, this game's a loss. Oh, for sure. 1,000%. 12 DeLorean. LeBron is the GOAT. Dennis Schroeder passed to Ham. WTF. Yeah, he had a couple of bad turnovers in crunch time. Didn't like that. I was surprised that it was Dennis handling the ball in OT and not Austin. Yeah, I, I kind of get it, but I, I would have went with Austin as well. All right. So before we go here, game five is coming up. Yep. I'm expecting – I'm not going to jinx Like, I will be – if you ask me who's winning this game, life savings is on the line in this, or gun to your head, whatever metaphor you want to use, um, I think this leans Grizz. Like, I would expect the Grizzlies to be the favorite in this game because their backs are against the wall, against let's lose or it's win or go home, right? And they're going to have their home crowd behind them. They're going to be insanely fired up. The last time they were at home, they won. And I think the Lakers are going to have a harder time recovering from this overtime game than the Grizzlies will, just physically. That said, it's also not impossible for the Lakers to, if they go on a run early, if they can or pull away like mid third quarter or something, it's not impossible for the Lakers to break the Grizzlies for the Lakers to break the Grizzlies spirit, to get them to start thinking about their vacation. They've got coming up, right? That's, that's also a possible outcome here, but I think the Grizzlies are going to fight like hell and it's going to be a very difficult game. What are you thinking about for game five here, Sean, in two days in Memphis? I think it's going to go one of two ways. I think it's going to be a Memphis blowout, or I think it's going to be a Lakers blowout. I don't okay. think this is going to be close. So I'm kind of with you where I think it's going to be – I think, and I hate saying this. I think we're going to know what type of game it is like the first eight minutes of the game. Like if the okay. Lakers come out somehow with some energy, I think that favors L.A. Because I think L.A.'s the better team. I think they've been the better team. They've been the better coach team. Fight me the entire series. They've been – they have the experience. They have the depth. If Memphis come, but they come out like laying it down, like, hey, okay, like the Lakers lost this game. Memphis backs against the wall. Go home, win game six. And you're cool. I might pick with Lakers at six anyway, but um, yeah. I, or like you said, I think the Lakers keep it close in the first half. And then, like you said, third quarter, maybe early fourth, Lakers start to break Memphis' spirits and they just pull away and uh, get a couple extra days of rest. But I think that's the two likely outcomes. I don't think it's going to be really close. So th at this point, we've seen 16 quarters in this series. Well, 17 for counting overtime here. I think the Lakers have been the better team. I'd have to go back and actually look quarter by quarter, but probably in 10 or 11 of them. I yeah. think they've been the better team. There been there were moments in game – obviously game two went Memphis's way. Um, Let's go through it. And so that one, but, and there were two and a half quarters, maybe tonight, where the Memphis looked like the better team. Other than that, and the Lakers have lost the second quarter of every game. Yeah. So there's four quarters right there. You have to give the Memphis. But overall, big picture, I think the Lakers have been the better team more often than the Grizzlies have. And uh, I'm hoping that will help carry them in game five, that they will just be the better team. But again, I'm expecting a very spirited effort from Memphis. I'm expecting a very loud FedEx forum. And uh, it's not going to be easy. I would love to see the Lakers get it done in five. It will not be easy. This will be, I think this will be the toughest game to win of the series, simply from a momentum, a narrative standpoint, an energy standpoint. Game five is going to be the most difficult game for the Lakers to win. And if they pull it off, I'm going to be incredibly impressed. Yeah gonna be a ton of fun and that means i get to dive into round two prep a lot earlier than i expected that's right let's hope it happens let's hope it happens all right we're gonna wrap things up there uh those of you who send in super chats I i'll get to those i'll put them on tomorrow's show thank you guys though for for joining us here today uh over on the lakers nation youtube channel again hit that subscribe button if you have if you're not subscribing already uh and don't forget to hit like as well help us out and if you're listening to the podcast version of this well, thank you guys for joining us there. Make sure you give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Thank goodness 
tonight. It was a Lakers win. Stressful. But thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the LakersNation.com podcast. Until next time, see ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.